0: Welcome to Dig It. This is Edge with my co host Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. And we have a very special guest today joining us investigative journalist Miriam Henane. How are you girls doing today?
1: Doing good. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Miriam, you're here today to show us uh, what you've been up to lately. You've been working on this amazing screener, which uh, we're going to show at the end, towards the end of the podcast, all about George Floyd and the real timeline. So really interested to see that. So how are you? How have you been doing?
2: I've been in deep in the bowels of George Floyd, and I can't wait to <laughs> move on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's a fantastic trailer. Like It, it comes just with a book.
2: So it's What's the- that? I, it comes with a book. So I'm, I'm you know, at night writing a book and doing the documentary. Oh,
1: gosh, so, that's a lot.
0: A lot. And from what I've seen, this screener is amazing. I can't wait to see the full movie. So, yeah. yeah. And we're going to show you guys. So stay tuned towards the end of the podcast. But we've got a lot of other things to get into today. We're going to talk about the FDA and Palantir partnering to modernize the food supply chain plus doctors claim climate hoax and fossil fuel addiction is starving and killing millions (laughs) then we have biden reducing our diesel fuel supply to less than 25 days worth and some major moves happening in big tech including elon's twitter takeover medic tanking like crazy and PayPal reinstating their $2,500 fine. Hmm. So lots to talk about. What do we have up first, Corey?
1: First, we have the biggest crack of shit you'll read all week, which is the, uh, the, oh, well, that's the one I have up. Which one do you have? Oh, you got the Palantir. Okay, hang on. Let me flip to the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Another crack. So they they actually partnered in 2021, but they just put out this press release on what they're up to right now, and the FDA and Palantir. So they like you said they partnered to modernize the food supply chain resilience through their 21 Forward initiative, and they're acting. Palantir is acting as the central operating platform for proactive food supply chain disruption monitoring and crisis response with a contract worth 22 million. You should see how long the little disclaimer is in this article, too. So I'm just going to read a few cliff notes I pulled out of this. Uh, 21 Forward powered by the Palantir platform and a part of the FDA's new era of smarter food safety blueprint, which is something I shared, gosh, like a year and a half ago, they were working on that. They bring together multiple data sources from several government agencies, including the USDA and the CDC, to identify areas of the food supply chain where there will likely be disruptions. Most recently was leveraged as part of the federal response once infant formula shortage reached a crisis point. The shortage brought on by the recall of formula underscored the need for centralization and integration of interagency and commercial data resources, or sources, rather. So they're now, 21 Forward now serves as a coordination hub to support decision makers with the information they need to respond to similar crises. This contract empowers the FDA to address a broader food safety scope and focus not only on a crisis response, but also identify and plan preventative measures in the case of food safety events. Additionally, the FDA will leverage investments it has already made in modernized infrastructure and lead with a cloud-first approach. 21 Forward is deployed in the Palantir Federal Cloud Service, Palantir Technologies, FedRAMP Moderate Cloud Environment. So this is just bad news across the board. We've been talking about the whole food supply chain for quite a while now, yeah. seeing all the things they're rolling out, all the control mechanisms. Um, this is not good.
0: No, no. I love how they reference the infant formula shortage, because now I have to yep. wonder if that was all by design in yep. order for them to justify <laughs> exactly what they always justify more centralized control mm-hmm. and this time of the food system in just the same way that they centralized control of the covid pandemic, and uh, yeah so now they want to centralize more control of the food supply using of course big data collection yep palantir being one of the foremost companies that the government always likes to go to for that kind of big data collection
1: oh yeah Major, major, major data, CIA ties, all of it, Palantir, no good.
0: No, not at all. And just to give people a little bit of history on Palantir, if you first time, you know, for you to hear that name, they have been all over the COVID pandemic. Um, Several government agencies have hired them to track various things, including the vaccine production, distribution, and administration across the U.S. So they have been providing big government with the tools to track all kinds of things and aggregate that data Uh, not just in the U.S. but actually uh, throughout the world I think particularly uh, Europe they were trying to get some big government contracts for tracking people and uh, with relation to COVID.
1: Yep and that's Peter Thiel for those who don't know. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Who might think he's a good guy. With buddy Elon Musk, yeah. Good guys. We'll talk about him a little later, though.
0: Yeah, actually, we actually we do need to talk a little bit about Elon. But mm-hmm. next, we have this whole discussion about Dr. Oh, go, just speaking, just to throw this <laughs> in here. Since we're on the topic of COVID for a second, had to throw this in here for a laugh. Of course, Biden, uh, trying to get everybody to take their next booster, right? You got to get it right. annually now. And just like the flu. Mm, you
1: got, you should get yours too. For real. I mean, what is this? <laughs> for real. Like for real, you should get yours. Yeah. And then the next day they post this little seven second video spot saying, um, Oh, what was it? They're saying it's simple. You got to get, you know, just get the COVID shot uh just just one time a year you know it's simple just do it
0: right and they're still pushing the thing oh not just to save yourself but to save the other people that you care about around you even though we completely debunked that and it has been come come to light since that european parliament um expose of the pfizer um exec saying that oh yeah we never tested it for transmission no no and the the government everybody knew this pushed mm-hmm. it advertised it, on it their and got to boxes. Everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah it was on the boxes we were all sharing it right away this does not prevent transmission yet they're all the health officials are saying it does and they're it's still crazy. doing
2: it may i add that there's also a triple demic going on that now Lester Holt for the past three days is pumping out this RSV and the fact that the, the hospitals are swarming with, with children.
1: Yes. Yeah. What tell me about that, Miriam, because I heard that I was on a road trip and I heard this. I'm like, wait a minute, RSV what's now, what's this?
2: Yeah. I, I honestly, I have not looked into what RSV. I just kind of rolled my eyes thinking is this some type of side effect from the jab we know know that after the the flu disappeared from the face of the planet it's now come back with a vengeance and so the triple demic is covid plus the flu plus this rsv which i have on my big to-do list to
1: look at what is this yeah yeah unbelievable right boy okay so then we got we got back to the biggest crock shit you'll read all week. So this is a study that was done by doctors. I don't remember, I, I want to say it was like 103 doctors or something, but don't quote me on that. And it was it was uh in the Lancet. So <laughs> oh the headline on this thing, they say doctors say fossil fuel addiction kills and starves millions. <laughs> So, here's here's a few cliff notes I pulled from this one. New analysis in the report blamed 98 million more cases of self-reported hunger around the world in 2020 compared to 1981 through 2010 on days of extreme heat increasing in frequency and intensity due to climate change. So, mind you, 2020 lockdowns, this is this is when we're starting this whole study, right? We're seeing a persistent addiction to fossil fuels that is not only amplifying the health impacts of climate change, but which is also now at the point compounding with other concurrent crises that we're globally facing, including the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, the cost of living crisis, energy crisis, food crisis that were triggered after the war in Ukraine. This whole thing is a crack. This is all pushed by them, but I'll go on. People are dying now as we speak. Droughts, desertification, not having food, flooding, tsunamis. We're seeing what happened in Pakistan, what you see happening in Nigeria. Burning gas in cars or coal and electricity plants have been found to cause asthma in children and cause heart problems. (laughs) So, yeah, I won't read my last sentence here, but essentially, I think we all know that from 2020 forward, All of these crises were created by them, and you've got the lockdowns and the supply chain issues, and they're trying to blame this all on uh, climate change, and especially you know the children with heart problems. That that's the jab. Hello, and it, it just this whole thing. It's just it's disgusting.
0: What an incredible spin on the facts. I mean, cutting off our fuel supply with no real solutions or alternatives, killing our economy and our farming, Mm -hmm. creating supply chain disruptions, forcing people into poverty, freezing them just when when winter is arriving. That's what's really going to cause- (laughs) blackouts. Yeah, (laughs) that's what's going to cause starvation and death. Right. But I love how it's a hundred doctors- publishing in the lancet actually used to mean something but you have to recall it was the lancet who had to retract yep a similar kind of just total ridiculous study by doctors saying oh no 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 it, the whole wuhan uh lab leak theory that's that's not real and you know they, so the lance has been completely compromised mm-hmm. by numerous publications of these doctors that are paid for and <clears throat> compromised i mean who is basically paying for these studies it's whoever wants to drive a certain agenda and, and so let's these not doctors forget are weather, on the warfare.
1: weather warfare playing a big role that's in this as well big
0: time
1: ah so i just had to point that one out good good times by msm there in the lancet
0: so while they're trying to gaslight us with Uh, oh it's all climate change's fault oh right right
1: let's go on to biden (laughs)
0: let's go on to the reality of things and the reality is that really incredible corruption and complete uh just incompetence has led us to where we're at And that's basically to a point where diesel fuel, we have less than 25 days supply. And that has nothing to do with climate change, everything to do with corruption, the 2030 agenda to completely transform us into this great recent dystopia and coupled with complete incompetence from from Biden. But when you read this article, um, it was originally published in Bloomberg who got the information from the Energy Information Administration that said that the U.S. has just 25 days of diesel supply. This was published earlier this week. This is the lowest since 2008, which is alarming because the Biden regime really has no plan, uh, no real. They really haven't addressed it at all. Barely anybody's even talking about this. And this is going to be hitting us just after the election as we head into the winter months, which are supposed to be peak usage season for this. And this is going to obviously affect the cost of everything, because all shipping. Uh, So it's going to raise the cost of all Mm -hmm. items that are being shipped. So uh, this is also
1: Russia's fault, by the way.
0: Right, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Meanwhile, we have.
1: But then they're saying, but they are saying in this article, though, They say, however, two ships carrying 1 million barrels of diesel are slated to arrive in New York, while a Pennsylvania refinery belonging to Delta Airlines is returning from seasonal maintenance. They're saying that the depleted supplies occur because of maintenance season at many refineries and pressures from the Russian invasion of Ukraine.
0: Yeah, it's always Russia's fault.
1: Well, he's draining the reserves. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Meanwhile, the senile hair sniffer in chief is eating ice cream while telling us ah, I'm not worried about it because the economy <laughs> is strong as hell.
2: <laughs> I want to just say that I personally believe it's an act. It's a, it's an act for him to have the severe dementia. Because in reality, if someone is suffering from Alzheimer's, they're definitely not in charge of a country that's just oh he's
0: definitely not in charge he's definitely not in charge no no
2: his own bowels
0: no and i think that they actually throw these things out there just as an in your face and i think you're right miriam that he is put up as a puppet i will say i think that the dementia is real i do think that he's senile And, um, but I do think he was definitely put in this position, you know, just knowing that it was an empty suit and the people like Obama are behind the stage um, actually running the show, but they, they choose to have these sort of photo op moments of him eating ice cream. Why? Why? It's It's to shove it in our face. It's to demoralize the country to a point where nobody in the world is afraid of america anymore right uh no I, I don't think i don't think
1: obama's anymore. running anything behind the scenes uh i think he's just another another he's puppet. another
0: puppet it's 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 layers yeah, no, upon it's, layers of puppets it's yeah <laughs> right?
1: it's it's the high level corrupt globalists yep. who've been strategizing this for over 100 years with ties in through the cia and the families and the owners of the central bankers, and they're all the ones, you know, all the organizations and the banks with the immunities that are running this shit show. And yeah. these people in high up positions are all blackmailed, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, next so. topic moving on, a lot of big things happening in big tech this week. Looks like Elon. And his takeover of Twitter is a done deal. That should be official by Friday. But Musk has already ch- uh, changed his Twitter profile to Chief Twit um, oh, at way. the location of Twitter HQ. Photo ops being taken um, at Twitter headquarters, even putting out this video that's triggered a lot of liberals. I think it's pretty funny. I know that we have you know th- additional things to say about Elon and all of this, but It is kind of funny to enjoy the moment of the triggered libs. Um, But yeah, so this this video that he put out, he's in Twitter at headquarters carrying a sink and laughing and just saying, entering Twitter HQ, let that sink in. So yeah, I think it's all official. Um, Earlier this week, um, Twitter employees responded to the rumors that he was going to fire 75% of them. And they sent him this demand letter, which is just hilarious (laughs) because I'm going to read a little bit of it, Um, but it's it's here. Here we are. We the workers at Twitter will not be intimidated. We call on Twitter management and Elon Musk to cease these negligent layoff threats. Uh, as workers we deserve concrete commitments so we can continue to preserve the integrity of our platform
1: oh my gosh the threat to, See, to workers- me this is this is all theater this is like all of it is staged planned the liberals freaking out all of this is just staged uh it, i just cannot believe the millions of people who have fallen for this uh that somehow musk is gonna save the day with twitter and prevent censorship and yada 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 what A joke the guy is in bed with all these people and wants to put a chip in your head i don't i <laughs> you know i don't know how many say no more corey what
2: i said say no more did they write this from their safe spaces because there's several at the <laughs> twitter headquarters it- yeah
0: twitter headquarters is pretty posh someone probably Uh, typed this up in one of their safe spaces or the yoga room
1: maybe i don't know this is like pr theater no employee (laughs) typed this up (laughs) yeah someone (gasps) actually told me
2: maybe you'll be reinstated on friday okay Mm, yeah
0: my breath yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath on that either. Millions of people, I believe, no, it, were kicked it, it, off, but we'll see.
1: Do you know how much data they aggregate from Twitter and learn about people and train oh, their yeah. AI? And mm-hmm. yeah, this is not a good thing. They keep it, It's literally the just... Dialectic. What's that?
2: They keep their thumb on the dialectic. They, they arguably uh, cull even talking points and then use it on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, uh-huh. people are asking the question, oh, will will Elon lay off these thousands of worthless Twitter employees who act as the arbiters of truth? Uh, I don't know. Um, they're asking, are they going to, re- is he going to reinstate all of these accounts, millions of accounts that were kicked off uh, in 2020? And since then, we'll see. But the bigger question they should be asking is how the intelligence community is going to be reacting to this, because as you guys are alluding to, Twitter really is an intelligence operation. There are te- there. It, it is an asset for the intelligence community. It's not like they're going to be giving that up. So mm-hmm. it's going to be very interesting to see how how things go, because, um yeah, it you know, I know that there was talk of the Biden regime trying to uh, stop this this Twitter takeover by Elon, but looks like it's going through. So I just don't think that the intelligence community is going to give up on their one of their greatest
1: assets. No, and by reinstating any accounts, they're just going to get to aggregate that much more data. So,
2: yeah, people people in the Q community have been citing the sink in. And uh, tagging an old uh, Q post. I I was never in Q, but I read the headlines. So interesting. Mm.
0: Yeah. So moving on, more big tech news. Facebook has been completely tanking this week, losing roughly 230 billion in market value just on Thursday after its earnings report. And Hmm. they're on track to have uh, one of the biggest uh, drops in valuation in a single day in U.S. history. So this is kind of glorious to see Facebook losing their assets. And what caused
1: that? What caused the major plummet?
0: Uh, A a latest earnings report that was really soft. And Hmm. so, yeah, people are losing complete, you know, confidence, completely losing confidence in Facebook's meta. So, gotcha. yeah, and, you know, just the move that, that zuckerberg made to transform transform facebook into meta and dump you know billions and billions of dollars in it without uh a lot of return on that so investors are looking at it as not a good investment and they're selling yeah yeah so that's good news but uh some not good news and um this is something that people need to be aware of i know that this went around uh a few weeks ago about paypal issuing fines of $2500 and taking that directly from the accounts of their users should they not uh, should they violate their terms of service like for misinformation okay So a bunch of people canceled their PayPal accounts, but then uh, PayPal backtracked and said, oh, it was all a mistake and, you know, that we didn't uh, actually print that or it was, you know, they just completely backtracked from it, right? They lied. Got a ton Mm -hmm. of blowback from it. A lot of people canceled their accounts. Well, they have quietly slipped the $2,500 back into their terms of use. This is their uh, user agreement and it says right here, If you're a seller and receive funds for transactions that violate the acceptable use policy, then in addition to being subject to the above actions, you will be liable to PayPal for the amount of PayPal's damages caused by your violation for the acceptable use policy. You acknowledge and agree that $2,500 per violation of the acceptable use policy is presently reasonable minimum estimate of paypal's actual damages
1: so what's this taking legal action against you crap
0: yeah yeah this is like all of their fees for you know tracking your violation damage to their brand penalties imposed to paypal
1: oh good lord
0: Yeah, yeah. So what they're referring to as far as their acceptable use policy is the fine print of what they consider um, something that they could charge you $2,500 from your account for. And um, all of the usual things that I guess they could, you know, typically consider prohibited activities. But this one right here, this is the little gem. The promotion of hate, violence, racial, or other forms of intolerance That is discriminatory. So let me just give you a throw. Let me throw an example out there for you. If I say men can't have babies, is that considered hate speech by PayPal? Or they're going to charge me $2,500, to take it out of my account. What if I say states should have the right to ban genital mutilation of children? Is that hate speech according to PayPal? Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it
2: is. Anyway, I I, um, PayPal pocketed money from me. I've been banned since 2017. They also personally banned me in addition to my company, accusing me of selling CBD, which on my personal I, I never did. And I also I listened to Kanye on Lex Friedman, and he was saying, Is PayPal um a rip off PayPal? Like PayPal. <laughs> there you go.
0: Robbing Peter to PayPal. There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so if you haven't already, close your PayPal account if you have one, uh, because they are back to their usual antics of silencing free speech, social engineering, and uh woke ideology and make gonna make you pay for it out of your actual PayPal account.
1: Yep. And they just keep boxing us in. And I keep, I keep trying to tell us, you know, followers and supporters to mm move over to the other options um, on my site for donations or for my, you know, well, for my bookshop, I completely removed PayPal as an option, but it's just, it's, it's really true. They make it really tricky to survive, right, Miriam? Yes. (laughs) To do the kind of work we do.
2: Absolutely. I want to also say in, in regards to big tech censorship that maybe you both have heard of this already, but Google and I was waiting for this. Now, if you try to upload to your drive, your own drive, but using Google, they will put an alert and say that you are not able to upload this piece of disinfo. I don't know if you did you guys know well, that you
1: shouldn't no. be using Google Drive. Absolutely. Google yes anything yes. except for. Well, I will say sorry. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say Google anything because I'm sorry to say, but when you're doing research. it's, it's the best search engine for research. If you're trying to write, I mean, right guys, it it makes it really tricky. It's way more time consuming using other ones and weeding your way through.
2: I use, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. I haven't used, I used, I go back to Google if I'm doing some matrix um, pop culture search, but I use quant, but I do use Google docs and uh, Hmm. I admit it. I'll flip around <laughs> and compare.
0: Yeah, I'll flip around and compare. Sometimes I'll have to use Google. I try not to, but you're right. I mean, really, there's so many search engines that are all compromised and give you just the crappiest results for what yeah. you're looking for. They I mean,
2: have 90% is... of the search, sorry, the world search market.
0: Yeah, it's like 1984. Oh, yeah. I mean, just they're, they're in real time erasing information, erasing <laughs> history oh it's it's difficult as a researcher to get to the bottom of things and to find the resources that you need but yeah
1: yeah all right good load
0: so moving on Miriam do you want to set up this um screener for us tell us a little bit about your your movie that you've been working on so hard and uh, then we'll play it for everybody
2: so this was really this um, movie was meant to accentuate my book. And I set out to find out what happens from 730 on May 25th, on 38th in Chicago, to 930 when George Perry Floyd is announced dead. So as a result, I purchased all of the footage I could get my hands on. And it's very simple. But I think genius, if I can say so myself, to just lay it all out and just give very simple matter of fact narration to first and foremost show that the government and the media lied to us. And and so that's basically it. It's it's called The Real Timeline. This is a screener. I want to give a big shout out to Sean Hibbler who is the editor Hibbler Productions. he just recently put out fluvid19 and as I as I said off camera, he's like a sacred calf and the film will be coming out on Thanksgiving and I am um, working to just pay my raise funds to pay Sean and cover the costs. Um, I raised the million dollars for, vanishing of the bees. And I have been struggling for eight months plus to just raise $15,000. So that's
1: crazy. I, that's crazy. It's because but- I've
2: been hacked. George Floyd review has been hacked. Miriam hinain has been hacked uh, multiple times. And uh, it's just been very difficult, even during sorry, I didn't interrupt you. But when I launched this give send go, it was during the trucker convoy. And mm. because of the traffic on two significant days when I was doing interviews, it was 404, even on give, send, go. So it's really been like pulling teeth, even though I have the goods. On. Right. Yeah. And
1: you do, you have the goods and we're only going to see like 10 minutes of those goods here. And it just leaves you hanging. But what's so critical for people to understand is what happened after the George Floyd incident that created just an incredible level of mass destruction across the country. I mean, this was one of the biggest campaigns to uh, create division and chaos in our country and to roll out numerous agendas Absolutely. behind it. So it, it it is critical to understand the timeline and the lies and the manipulation who's behind it and I know that there's a lot more to come in the full documentary so so yeah let's let's roll this bad boy
0: without further ado let's play it's about 10 minutes thank you so enjoy
1: I got this all on touch
0: camera. It. Watch out. Don't 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 touch me. Third precinct is up in flames. We begin with breaking news in South Minneapolis.
1: Caught on tape a black man pinned to the ground, later dying after a white officer kneeled on his neck.
0: It started with a report of a forgery in progress and ended with Floyd's death. The situation has become volatile the third police precinct tonight
1: as police officers and protesters clash over a man's death.
2: Miles from Minneapolis, anger, frustration pouring into the streets of America. I can't breathe! It all stems from this video.
1: What we saw was he can be heard on the video saying, "I can't breathe." officers involved have all been terminated. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>
0: We have problems. not move not
2: one
1: time, oh, bro! He's off track right now. He's but he probably Bro, go back in your store, bro. What you. happened to him? Fucked oh, up. Alright. So, so he up. took your ID? Yeah. Uh, exactly. What happened? More drama at Cup Foods? Uh, cup Foods, yeah. Uh, it was just a Florida report. The person that had given him a fake bill, we went over there. and. going Yeah.
2: The media purposely left a lot on the proverbial cutting room floor, in order to manipulate your emotions and perceptions of this event, manufacture a race war, and burn the country down. My aim was simple, take all the footage and place it back in chronological order to capture a more complete, nuanced picture of reality, expose the slew of inconsistencies in the official narrative, and blow the lid off this side. Let's begin. The prostitutes and the Parrots told us that George Perry Floyd and Maurice Lester Hall met at Cup Foods coincidentally, not true. The Dragon Walk footage is about 24 minutes off, meaning they arrived together at approximately 7.33. Interestingly, before stepping into Cup Foods, the two look out onto Chicago Street as though they're scouting the area. George, Maurice and Shawanda spend about 22 minutes in the store, arguably loitering or plotting something. X marks the spot. You can see here that George has a lot of money on him. Sylvia, the actual owner of the Mercedes Benz, lent George her car that day and also asked him to buy charcoal and fluid. According to Maurice, She wanted pills too. Maurice comes into frame. He was speaking to Mr. Adam, who we'll meet later. George is looking through his pockets and Maurice can be seen taking a bill from George. Then, they both exit the store before George returns and continues to fuddle around. Shawanda Renee Hill arrives. Shawanda is also a convicted felon for theft, disorderly conduct, falsely using someone's name, prostitution, and stalking. Off camera, George and Shawanda are arguably talking to Mr. Adam. Shawanda said she'd gone to Cup to fix her cell phone. Maurice returns into the store where he says he met Shawanda for the first time. By the way, that was George and Maurice's second time at Cup that day. One of the four owners of Cup Foods told me that Maurice had tried to buy an iPad with fake money. You still have that 20? I do, and they had a lot more with them for the studio. Alright, do you have all of them? No,
1: we only confiscated one. Oh, they confiscated the one?
2: Well, actually, he bought something with it too for
0: one of my employees. One, one employee cut it, and then the other person I listened to, they both had counterfeits. The gentleman with the hat, okay. and the big gun.
2: They rejected the funds, but somehow he was let back into the store with absolutely no issues. Nobody called the cops on Maurice. Here, you can see him with a wad of money. Maurice would tell me himself that he had $7,000 of supposedly real cash on him that he used to buy an iPad no one called the police on maurice why this makes zero sense george continues to just hang around he's dancing and acting goofy which his friends say was supposedly part of his personality eventually he goes around the corner to buy some smokes Here you see Chris Martin holding the $20 bill to the light before he exits at almost 7.46 p.m. In never-before-seen footage, George is dancing across the street back to the bends he doesn't own. Shawanda follows, and eventually so does Maurice. Here George was supposedly catching up with Shawanda making eye contact through the rearview mirror which is what Maurice told me. According to him, George could not find the key fob which is why they didn't leave the scene right away. Were they supposedly chilling? Now George exits to take a hit off a pipe. That's strange because he had his own on him. In fact, Lane would forget the pipe on top of the car. George then chucks a banana peel before going back in. Don't slip on the PSYOP! Here's where things get a bit fuzzy. The story goes that while in the car, George took two Percocet and had a power snooze, and that Maurice and Shawanda could not wake him up. But Maurice would later tell me that wasn't true. In fact, Maurice goes as far as to say that his bro didn't even do drugs that day, which is kind of hard to believe considering the fatal amounts of fentanyl in his system. Notice here, Chris Martin goes directly to Maurice. It's Mr. Adam who tells them to go out there again. This second time, little Nabil, who is Mr. Adam's nephew, kind of tries to speak to George. Is Maurice in charge? Maurice takes a 20 that would also turn out to be fake, tears it up, and throws it on the ground. It's now almost 8pm. The actual 911 call and the identity of the caller were never released. That's because there's a cover-up, but more on that later. There's only a transcript that was released to the public, so I took it upon myself to recreate it for you.
0: 911, what's the address of the emergency?
2: This is uh, 3759 Chicago Avenue.
0: How can I help you?
2: Uh, Someone came into our store and gave us fake bills, and we realized before he left the store, and we ran back outside and they were sitting in the car. We tell them to give us their phone, Put their thing back and everything. He was also drunk and everything. And returned to give us our cigarettes back, so we can so he can go home. And he doesn't want to do that. He's sitting on his car because he's awfully drunk and he's not in control of himself.
0: Okay, what type of vehicle does he have?
2: And um, he's got a vehicle that is. Uh, one sec. Let me see if I can see the license. The driver license.
1: I want more. <laughs> Yay,
2: that's good. you just that's left awesome. me hanging <laughs>
0: it, it does leave you wanting more I have to say this is really well done and thorough I mean yeah. it, and I also have to say that you got to really two key details I want to hear more about the fentanyl in his system and the counterfeit money which I'm yeah. sure you're going to yeah, talk a lot wanna, about
1: absolutely yeah it's more
2: and it more so in my in my book but I say that if anyone really gave a crap about this Black man's life, we would be looking into the source of the fake fentanyl and the fake cash, both made by the Mexican cartel, Sinaloa, to be exact. I did apply for a FOIA to find out the source of the cash. Interestingly, the memorandum sent to me by the Secret Service only details two of the bills, although there were some found in between the seats And there is no even hinting as to where that money came from. They don't even say an ongoing, ongoing investigation. It's a moot point. Same thing with the drugs. Now on one call off camera with Maurice, he did kind of hint that he had no idea who really is making these drugs and that it is playing like playing Russian roulette. So I've conducted dozens of interviews for the book, which included an interview with um, a DEA investigator that was Mexican that could explain to me the ins and outs. Now, when you have George Floyd supposedly leaving to for a fresh new start in Minnesota, really what I thought to myself, huh, let me see if there's a corridor, a drug transportation corridor between Minneapolis between Minneapolis and Texas to Mexico and there is and George happened to have a um, trucking license and Maya Santa Maria also had a um, a trucking company um, Maya no.
0: Santa Maria I remember that name the club owner yeah
2: she's where the the front, he worked she is the front woman and the person behind is Omar Sabri and I just last week spoke to a former city council member that says, like, the city is kind of like a paper tiger. And they really do bend over because I think, in reality, this is a very corrupt um, city and arguably state with a lot of shenanigans and complacence from the um, Justin Trudeau knockoff, a.k.a. Mayor Jacob Fry, Tim Waltz. And so forth. It, it's uh, people call it Murderopolis. People call it Mordor because of of the corruption, and that does include the MPD, unfortunately.
0: Right. So you get into the cop, right, and his connections too. I'm sure.
2: Absolutely, um, Derek. You know, you can probably attest to to this. Have you ever witnessed? the the government the city putting a 79 page personnel file on who Derek is that the media can so basically they've scripted who these officers are and uh uh, hid who George Floyd is and I'll tell you this as well that the media used other Georges to create a composite so for instance they state that in 1993, he graduated from Yates, um, from Yates, John Yates. Well, I met with someone who was at that championship game where the supposed George Floyd is wearing number 88, except that's Floyd George. And the person that I interviewed was a boy at that game and distinctly remembers Floyd George because they were him and his brother were making fun that it sounds like boy George and in fact just yesterday someone contacted me and showed me the plays on that game and it says again Floyd George so then I call the university and this is also I'm I'm showcasing you know this because you're both journalists but the actual work that goes into all Uh, these oh yeah that is under under respected and valued because the parrots and the prostitutes are basically whoring their souls and just repeating BS. Right. So when I called Yates, conveniently, there's no yearbook. They don't make a yearbook. And then they cited, <laughs> cited FERPA, which I had never heard of before, but FERPA is like HIPAA for students. So hmm. they did not, the other schools I called A&M. He supposedly went to a school in South Florida and they conveniently don't have to show me the registrar's they verbally told me when he attended but that's a little bit different than a registrar's you know paper black and and white
0: yeah so a concerted effort to cover up who uh george floyd was his past his connections as well as the police officer derek chauvin
2: and i want to say that yesterday i spent my morning on a zoom call with uh for Maurice. Maurice is in jail. I've been helping his mom. So if anyone thinks, you know, I originally thought that he was part of the PSYOP, and perhaps he is, and he's doesn't want to admit, of course, that he helped kill his friend, going as far as to say that George wasn't on drugs when you see him taking a hit, at least of Pot. I, I don't know. if That seemed to be cannabis, and he had meth and phenamine, and he had fentanyl. Now, you could argue that because of his size and being um, being a drug user, that it would take more fentanyl to kill someone. However, again, even a detective at the trial, the federal trial, I believe, admits that the Mexican cartel th- there's there's even unidentifiable um, drugs that could be lacing uh, this fake fentanyl. And for a short moment, um, Zach Voorhees and I were contemplating whether I was thinking it was cyanide and I was looking at how cyanide can mimic asphyxiation and Mm. not, if you, if you're not looking, if you don't say, let's run a test. And so, The toxicology report, which I interviewed like May twenty seventh, 2020, or that first week, since then, now have all this red tape, you can't just call because they destroyed, I was keeping track of the specimens and their day of destruction. And I wanted to ask if they looked at certain things like there's metabolic acidosis that would have suggested possibly there was cyanide, but they never ran that. So Hmm. all that to say that perhaps there was something else involved, but nonetheless, like regardless, it is like playing Russian roulette. We know this because fentanyl, fake fentanyl is the number one killer, even outdoing fake case-demic COVID numbers.
1: Yeah, crazy. Goodness. So you're going to air this on Thanksgiving Yes, and how that's coming uh, up quick? Are you sure you're going to make it?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I uh, I've line edited. I've narrated the whole thing. I, I'm at the at the behest of of uh, of Sean. Um, so so we'll see. I'm very aware of how fast uh, time flies, and we're yeah. trying to put together a marketing effort because at this point I don't know if my name, Miriam Hinain, is tainted. And so that's why we're using hashtag the real timeline, which is, you know, doesn't say George or or me, um, because I would like to get this out there. And, you know, at first I was pretty bummed in regards to Candice coming out because she wasn't even making a documentary until my trailer was brought to her. And next thing I know, she's um, making a documentary, but luckily she's a gatekeeper and not really cares about 100 percent truth so we'll see i i am very anxious very very anxious like the writing as you know takes so long especially when it, you're conducting a live investigation at the same time
1: it does and not just that but getting every single detail and fact down you could get lucky and get a fact nailed down in 10 minutes and the next fact you work on could take three solid days Believe me, I know how time-consuming it is, <laughs> especially when
2: you care about details. You know, yep. I'm sure, I could do a half-baked job, but that's that's not. I'm, I'm vulgarizing. I'm all about the details, uh, and so I and and I really earnestly just want to understand. And I have to thank George Floyd for teaching me. It was. It's through him that I was led to to learn more about Tav- Tavis Stock in the, the founders of Tavistock, which is arguably the global mother load of um, think tanks and brainwashing projects, there happens to be a Lloyd George. And just the name George Floyd is is like John Smith, and is very, very, uh, very common, actually. Uh, on some days, I hmm. think that they did a casting call for all the Floyds and just put <laughs> Mishmash because none of the members of the family have uh, agreed to talk to me.
1: Wow. Now, who all is currently serving time on this whole incident?
2: Uh, Okay. And so, also, I was planning to be covering a month and a half long trial. So, on Monday, there was supposed to be jury selection for the three remaining officers. Actually, Thomas Lane already copped a deal and pled guilty he has a newborn let's remember wow. that alexander kang and thomas lane were rookies literally third and fourth day of their job and now they're doing three and a half years Arguably. Wow. now wow. um derrick so okay so they were going to do jury selection thomas lane had already copped a plea alexander kang then copped a plea and Thou has um, agreed to do stipul- stipulation by trial. Basically, Judge Peter Cahill, who is very familiar with this case, is going to preside and they're going to have the sentencing in December, I believe. So there's going to be no trial. Okay. That is, a, for me, a sigh. But it also shows me that this is, um, how real, how real is this? It has real repercussions. And maybe this is no surprise, but the funerals were organized by the government. Uh, mm. The government organized George Floyd's funerals. And it's the same firm that is also Al Sharpton's PR person. And her, the head publicist, her job was to keep george floyd in the headlines as long as possible and so even though people have george floyd fatigue this is the event that ushered in the color revolution and manufacturing a fake race war is is integral and these globalists have talked about convincing the dark races quote unquote to believe they're being oppressed and for and to instill guilt into the whites. So this Mm -hmm. is very much an integral play in their playbook.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Understanding how we were manipulated as a society during that time is key to basically helping you understand how every other manipulation since then has occurred. And we mm-hmm. can't stop the cycle until we start waking up. Of course, our listeners have already stopped that cycle, but it's up to us to get this message out to the people who are just still believing the narratives.
1: Right, right, right. So now tell people where, um, tell them about the, the Give, sun Go, and then where they're going to be able to watch the documentary when it comes out.
2: All right, thank you. So people can go to my gifts and go again. I have detailed a budget. I made, I raised a million dollars to make Vanishing of the Bees. This is nothing, this is 15,000. And just to cover the costs and pay Sean and to cover hopefully marketing. Uh, so you can go to Give, and Go. And I like to say that in her six-week lifespan, a honeybee will only produce a quarter of a teaspoon of honey. So every little drop counts. And I, I am grateful because it really is the people that will help me fund this. Um, no typical distributor or producer in the liberal arts has wanted to back me um, yeah. because of mm-hmm. the fallacies. You can... Go to The Real Timeline. Where it's not up yet, but it's therealtimeline.com and we will be hosting the documentary there. I have mariamhineen.com. People can contact me that way. Um, the site has been hacked, so it's, it's going to be down tonight to try to figure <laughs> out why. That's- it's been hacked, georgefloydreview.org. Is another site that has been hacked many times. They wow. don't. They really don't want this. It's. It's given my track record. It's mm-hmm. been really sad the the lack of support for such an important uh, event. And when I do have all the receipts, so I'm very grateful to both of you ladies for giving me an opportunity to share this. I, I know it's going to be kick ass. I. I am all about quality and I spit in the face of mediocrity. Yeah, well, thank it looks you fantastic.
1: For, yeah, thank you for doing all of this work. Yes. <clears throat> fantastic. Thank
0: yeah, you. and anything we can do to help. So, guys, go to Mariam Hanane's website. You can find the support tab there and get to her Gibson Go or just go straight to Gibson Go. Her website is Mariam, M A R Y A M, Hanane, H E N, E I N dot or go to the Give Send Go to contribute and help sh- her get this past the finish line so we can share the truth about everything that happened with that George Floyd Psyop. And guys, please be sure to share this podcast and get the word out. We are on BitChute, Foxhole, Gab TV, radio, Odyssey Pilled, Rumble, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher tune in and we are no longer on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe (laughs) to our other platforms. So you don't miss any podcasts. Thank you so much for being with us today, Miriam. It was a pleasure. Thank
2: you. Thank you both.
1: Thank you.
0: All right. We'll see you back next time right here on Dig It.